0: Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of the Musical Theatre Mixtape Podcast. I am Connor. And I'm Nick. How you doing, Nick? I'm doing Are you great. excited?
2: Day 24601 in lockdown and day one of Musical Mixtape.
0: Brilliant. How's your day been today?
2: It's all right. I had a lion. I can't lie. Another yeah. lion.
0: Another lion. I don't think there's been a day in this lockdown where I've woken up early. No, does the time Maybe.
2: of 10 o'clock in the morning even exist anymore?
0: I'd say that's when I wake up every day. Oh, uh,
2: you're doing better than me then.
0: Yeah, I set an alarm. I wake up at 10, and then i actually get out of bed a lot later than 10.
2: Yeah, I wake up at like 12 but... and get out of bed a lot later than 12.
0: My main problem is I currently have a haircut like a Lego man.
2: Good. Who did it?
0: Uh, no, that's the thing. I haven't had it cut.
2: Oh, nice to see. <laughs> so it's,
0: it's just grown into a bowl shape. Nice. So I don't do anything without a hat on now.
2: I've had a haircut.
0: Who um, did it? Did you do it?
2: No, my boyfriend Stephen did it. Uh, interesting. Shit.
0: I'm in lockdown by myself, so I don't want to even attempt to do it yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. on we, my own. We,
2: we, broke the, um, we broke the clippers doing my hair. We'd have to wait until we buy some new ones.
0: Have you ordered them? Yeah. Oh, no the way. Yeah. Good. I put sun cream on today because I went out to the field to have a little lay down. And I forgot how great sun cream smells.
2: I mean, I feel like it's an acquired scent.
0: It's like petrol for me. I love the smell of petrol. I love the smell of sun cream.
2: I'm with you there.
0: We are in for an absolute banger of a first episode today. We have my friend from home, Wade Ablett, coming in. You've never met him before. I haven't. Ever. Um, I've seen his iTunes. And it is full of musical theatre. Maybe yeah. I'd say close to every single musical ever.
2: Okay, okay that's
0: an exaggeration, but, yeah, maybe a bit, but... he knows he knows what he's on about. Yeah. So let's get straight into it. The first episode of the musical theatre mixtape with Wade Ablett. Hi, Wade.
1: Hiya, boys. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for coming on. How are you doing?
1: Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. Been out in the sunshine, um, socially distancing, not, of course. not seeing my loved ones, so I'm doing great.
0: Great. Now, for people that don't know you, how would you describe yourself? How would you... What are you? What do you do?
1: What am I? I'm a human being. Um, great. I'm about 5'9". <coughs> I, I, I joke, I joke. I am, um, I am a musical theatre nerd by kind of passion. I I do a lot of composing and directing. Um, I got into it through doing a lot of performing, but I tend to do a lot more behind the scenes these days, but I still pop up and perform kind of as and when, you know, I love kind of doing it all really. But yeah, my main passion is kind of in the composing and the direction and also a bit of a Amateur musical theatre historian, and that's where the nerdy side kind of comes in.
0: Now, you mentioned the composing. Yeah. Do you want to do a shout out for your shows that you've
1: got? Oh, I would love to. Um, You can't currently see them anywhere because obviously the theatre world's closed down. But um, I've spent about six or seven years working on a musical called Tunswick, which um, is a completely original story. I've written about a, a small village that kind of comes under attack by um, like property developers and they kind of need to earn some money to win their village back from them, so they enter a big TV talent contest. It's very kind of like Calendar Girls meets Glee meets Pitch Perfect kind of thing. Um, so that's been in the pipeline for a long time. We did that earlier, or uh, well, we did that late last year, I should say, and as soon as kind of we get the all clear to kind of go back into the theatres we're hoping to get it staged again somewhere else so that's that's the big one
0: love it now the only one of your shows that i was involved in was a concert recording that never got recorded
1: yeah <laughs> of,
0: of a midsummer night's dream the musical
1: yeah best laid plans i um i i wrote this a musical version of midsummer night's dream it, it, the kind of plan for it was um, as, as a kind of show to be licensed out to schools and youth groups it really kind of aimed at that demographic um, and the best way to do that is recording like a cast recordings so they've got something to reference so you're on board as were a cast of incredibly talent- um other talented people um, and then we still did the concert, but all the recording <laughs> fell through. So we, we did a lovely concert, but no, no one will ever hear it.
0: <laughs> no one will ever hear it. Right. Are you ready As to leave. create your musical theatre mixtape? I think so. I think so. Here we go. Right. Wade, first of all, how did you get into theatre? Let's talk about that.
1: Well, I was quite late into the game. I think a lot of people who do amateur theatre tend to do it from quite a young age. Um, I was... Apart from, you know, listening to the odd thing, I, I didn't really get really into it until I was about 13 or so. But the big thing for me was um, the, the VHS of Donny Osmond and Joseph. Oh! Um, any, anyone who in that will know exactly what I mean especially if they've seen it as a child Yeah. Um, me, me and my older brother we would watch that nightly um, kind of before going to bed <laughs> to, to, to this day I can recite it for you word for word and I will right now no <laughs> <laughs> I want all the cards I, in my order <laughs> but no yeah so uh, jo- Joseph will always be a big big um, influence to me and it's a shame because people always really you know slag it off yeah. uh, I, I love it I absolutely love every second of it
0: that's something that I experienced when I was at Bird quite a lot of people hated Joseph yes okay. and I I would not stand for it I would I, I would yeah, yeah
1: I think a lot of people hate it because it's kind of cool to hate it but I'm like yeah. but it, it's it's catchy it's fun and it, 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 is. it doesn't pretend to be anything it's not, which is kind of why I like yeah. it. Yeah,
0: you have to take it for what it is. It was written as a school show.
1: Yeah, it's a fluffy, fun right. piece, and it, it, it's just what it is. It, it achieves its goal.
0: Yeah.
2: Moving on to the next question. What was the first musical you ever saw?
1: Mm, the first musical I ever saw? Well, I, I remember, I think as most people did, seeing The Lion King when I was very young. But I... I could not tell you anything about Lion King <laughs> I, 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 I was too young to remember a second of it um, but I'm sure it's lovely <laughs> um, the first one I really remember seeing was um, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang at the Palladium yeah. with Michael Ball and um, who else was in that Brian Blessed and Emma Williams Like, yeah. and I, I remember seeing that and being absolutely blown away
0: Richard it's O'Brien as char- the Child Catcher. Richard
1: O'Brien as the Child Catcher, and the car <laughs> flew. Yes, it flew. My little, like eight-year-old mind, like was
0: couldn't blown. comprehend it. I was like, oh,
1: I how? Didn't. How did I do that?
0: Yeah, that was that was the first musical I saw, I think, at the Palladium. Yeah, and I will always remember the car flying.
1: Yeah, I, again, being eight years old and not particularly interested in musical theatre at the time, I don't remember an awful lot about it but I just remember being absolutely engrossed in it and enchanted by it.
0: Okay, speaking of you being an eight-year-old boy watching theatre, what is a song that reminds you of your childhood from a musical?
1: So, yeah, I've already kind of touched on this, but when I thought of childhood, Joseph was the only thing that came to mind. However, and I don't know if this is just, I've got this subconscious thing of always being like a bit of a stray from the pack, but, um, for some reason, there's one song in that show that I've always loved. Like it's always been my favorite song from that show and it's Pharaoh's dreams explained, which if you don't know, is only about a minute long, and it's, it, it, it's the, it's the silliest shortest song in the show where it's just Joseph telling the Pharaoh, oh, this is what your dreams mean. Um, and it's only about a minute long, but for some reason that has always been my absolute favourite song in that show. And it's just a reprise of an earlier song as well. But whenever that yeah. comes on, I'm going to Bot Town. It's, it's, it's tuned and <laughs> off.
0: I mean, I can't. That's not one that particularly sticks out in my memory. but like, oh, I can't no, even think about how it goes.
1: Seven years of bumper crops are on their way. It, it's, oh yeah, it, yeah. It's silly. Um, the, I think the bit people always remember from it is the who this man could, man be, could be. I just yeah. don't who this man could. <laughs> um, yes, it, it's so silly. It's so stupid. It was a close tie, and I, I don't. I think it does count as musical because it literally has musical in the title but um, I potentially was thinking of Every Day from High School Musical 2. Because, <sighs> again, kind of straight yes. back a little bit.
2: Kind of on high school Musical.
1: Yeah, I, I had a feeling that would set Connor off. But um, <laughs> I think people people often leave Every Day off the, their favourite High School Musical song list. But every, yeah. every, every Day is number one for me every day of the week. So <laughs> for
0: me with High School Musicals, High School Musical 2 is my least favourite out of the trilogy. Yes. Yeah.
1: Well, it's really nice coming on the podcast, Connor. Um,
2: right, <laughs> see you later.
0: But Every Day is the best song from number two. Okay. And it's, it's better. Saved it. It's better than quite a few of the songs in the trilogy. But as a film, it's just, number two doesn't do it for me.
1: I don't know why, too. Just, I've always had a soft spot for it. And it's that mm. song. It's all soft and lovely. And then suddenly the breakdown and everyone's on live every day. Nah, it's nah, just nah. so it's emotional. It, it, it's it's Troy and
0: Gabriella coming like, back together.
1: I feel like you're just getting tired of Troy and Gabriella duets. We get it. We get the point. Yeah. And then, bam. They bring it right back. There we go. They reel us back in.
0: Yes. It's a great choice. So are you going with Pharaoh's dreams explained uh, as, oh, pathet- every day. as
1: pathetic as it sounds in comparison to this epic I've just up <laughs> I, I, I will always have the biggest soft spot for Pharaoh's Dreams Explained from Joe's amazing Technicolor dream
0: Good choice. <laughs> Great. Great. It could be Great any well. dream
1: will do. It could be Joe's coat. Nope, 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 nope. Pharaoh's, Pharaoh's
2: Dreams, Dreams Explained. explained. <laughs> Brilliant. Not even the megamix. Not even the megamix
1: computer. Uh, I I feel like I feel like you should have had a whole other question about favorite megamix.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I I have done a many many warm-ups to the Joseph Megamix. Oh, I'm
2: very jealous.
1: It. I'm very jealous.
0: And I think I have found or I haven't found it, but I did a warm-up to a hairspray megamix at one point. Cool. But I've never been able to find it since. So I feel like they must have made it themselves.
1: One, one of my favourite mega mixes, and probably the cheesiest one, is the Summer Holiday Mega Mix because there's just nothing like that incredibly white music just stuck to Being a big old beat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I might add that in. Actually, number two can be favourite mega mix. In
1: which case, it's the Summer Holiday Mega Mix. <laughs> yeah, the again. Summer
0: Holiday yeah. Mega Mix, great.
2: On to the next question Yeah A song from your favourite musical
1: Oh no This is obviously a tough question This was probably the toughest one on there
0: Getting it in early, the hardest question yeah. Controversial because I don't actually
2: have a favourite musical
1: I, I, I kind of agree with you there I've kind of got yeah. three That kind of like keep overtaking each other And then dropping yeah. back and. Um, the...
0: I think for me it's whatever I'm listening to at the time
1: Yeah for sure um my 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 big choice has got one of those kind of nostalgia moments to it um which helps it but um for me it was a fight between parade um and again i know there's a lot of uh, parade stands out there so i'm sure a lot of people (laughs) appreciate that um you're in town which i've done several times and it's prop that that is probably my favorite but just tipping over, purely because of nostalgia, and again, this is one I watched on video, that like really made me decide I wanted to do this for the rest of my life, is Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, mm. Little Shop of Horrors is just such a masterpiece of a show. Again, it kind of comes across like silly and fluffy, but that's kind of the genius of it, and it's a similar thing of Town in that it's an incredibly smart show disguised as an incredibly stupid show. Um, yeah. And very specifically, Skid Row from Little Shop of Horrors. Because um, one, it's an absolute banger. But two, I just became obsessed when listening to it to kind of ideas of counterpoint of the different melodies lapping over the top of each other and the building and the excitement. It's such a perfect semi-opening number because it's not the opening number, but it, it's yeah. it's um, a lot of shows kind of do the secondary opening number that kind of gives us more of an idea of the the larger world they're in. And Skid Row just does that so perfectly on top of just being an absolute banger.
0: An absolute banger it is, yeah. Now, for you in town, I have to say, I'd never heard of it until we did it back home.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people were the same. And that's kind of why I love doing shows like that, because I I love people discovering these weird, weird shows.
0: Yeah, it's it's absolutely crazy, but it's. it's I'll throw a... my
2: hands up right now. So I've never even heard you're in town. I've whoa, heard obviously not listened to it. Yeah,
0: you need to you need to listen to it. The, se- it's... the
1: second this finishes, go find Run Freedom Run. I think mean, one one listen to Run Freedom Run, and you're in. You, you get it.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's Hunter oh, Foster. Is he's incredible?
1: Yeah, Hunter Foster is incredible. He was also Seymour in Little Shop of Horrors on Broadway. Um. Mm-hmm. So there we go.
0: Um, but no, You're in Town's a great one. But you are going with Skid Row from Skid Row, Little Shop of Horrors. From Little Shop of Horrors I had to pick
1: a song from a favourite musical uh, without question. I think it, it had to be that.
0: Great. Now, this is linking on to that last question. A song from a favourite musical that you've performed in. Well, I feel like I know this answer. Yes, well, this that. is uh,
1: where I lucked out because uh, As You're in Town was the second to my. Uh, my previous question I thought well lovely I'm going to chuck it in here so loads and loads of shows I've absolutely loved and I've done I I was lucky enough to direct You're in Town it's a show show I always wanted to put on myself because there were so many moments on it I really understood and there's so many great characters and I kind of knew exactly what what I wanted to get out of all of them so I absolutely loved directing it but the kind of curse of directing is there's a good part in it you constantly think Oh, I, I wish I was in it. Um, yeah. So then luckily, about less than a year later, I was able to do it again um, in Ipswich rather than Colchester, where we did it originally, and got to play Bobby Strong. Um, Bobby is such a wonderful part. And as I've just said, Run, Freedom, Run is such an incredible song, such a total yeah. force of a song. And too, so much yeah, and the thing with Act 2 of You're in Town is that it's kind of like showstopper after showstopper, like you kind of have big number after big number. But this one, You're in Town... Ta- um, excuse me. This one, Run, Freedom, Run, is just, it just stops the show cold. It's such a great gospel number. So that it just had to be Run, Freedom, Run from You're in Town.
2: Um, next question. Song from the last musical you were in?
1: The last musical I was in. So last October... I directed a production of A New Brain, which is a very, very obscure, it it, it's an obscure show with a couple of really famous songs in it. So people kind of know a few of the songs, but don't tend to know this show. Um, it's written yeah. by William Finn, who wrote Um Falsettos and uh, 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee, which are all shows I also really love. Um, but this is another show I'd wanted to do for years and years and years and, years and was lucky enough to direct it. However, as kind of happens a lot in kind of amateur or community theatre, we had quite a last minute uh, casting change and, you know, things changed around. So I ended up having to take on quite a small role in the show, um, which uh, it sounds like a chore. But as you can imagine, I was like, yes, this will be fun. <laughs> um, so... The character I played was only a small, small role, but it, was, it had a few lovely featured moments. And one of them was singing the opening to Heart and Music, which is a gorgeous, gorgeous song. It's one of these songs, that I say, that's kind of really um, lived on past the show. It's, it's used a lot in kind of third year showcases and musical theatre concerts and things like that. It's a, it's a gorgeous song, gorgeous harmonies. Um, so I couldn't pick any song from that show. I love the whole thing. But getting to sing that specific song with the whole company, it had to be Heart of Music from A New Brain.
0: Boom. I've not heard of that song before. Whoa, whoa. From, okay. from A New Brain, I only know the classic, Rather right. be, oh, sailing. I'd be Sailing.
1: Yeah, that's the big one.
0: That that's the only one that I've. Classic
2: first year Bird College rap.
0: Yes. <laughs> Every boy singing, I'd Rather Be Sailing.
2: Yeah, it happens.
0: It happens. <laughs> but I will. From this podcast, go and listen to the cast recording of A New Brain.
1: Uh, it's one of those shows that probably on first listen, you're like, what on earth is this? Very but strange. there's the occasional song that comes through that you're like, okay, this is gorgeous, first time through. Yeah. And Heart of Music is definitely one of those.
2: Yeah, And it's Jonathan Groff. Oh, is it?
1: Oh, Jonathan Groff does do the, um, the cast recording, yes. Although, okay. um, being a, a huge fan, I would recommend listening to the, the 1990s cast recording, which has Malcolm Gets on it. Um, purely, just, I love it I love it I can't. The Jonathan Groff one is wonderful But I'm just such a, I'm, as a purist I'd definitely <laughs> recommend listening to the original cast recording
0: um, Now, I just thought of this question It might be the same as one of the previous answers That you've already given But we'll see What is your favourite song from a show you've directed? I feel like it's going to be you're in Town, isn't it?
1: town is probably my favorite show i've directed by far um just because it was the one i wanted to do for so long and kind of really understood inside out but there have been some absolute corkers um i've directed betty blue eyes and there's some amazing songs in betty blue eyes also our house and most recently big fish um and if you don't know Big Fish, that's again another incredible score. It's just such a huge sound. Um, and just amazing Andrew Lipper music. Andrew Lipper, also did Adam's Family and yeah. You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, and things like that. Um, so I think I'd have to say uh, something from Big Fish. I'm trying to think which one. Oh, Time Stops from Big Time Fish. Stops. Is, is the most gorgeous duet about love at first sight. It, it, it's just absolutely stunning. The lyrics are gorgeous. And um, that whole score is, score is gorgeous. So it's a, it's a tough choice, but Time Stops is an incredible song. Yeah.
0: It is.
2: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, So, a song from a musical you would like to be in uh,
1: so for years, and years i mean i think everyone builds up uh, dream roles kind of as they go either, either they see something they think oh i want to do that or hear something um and for years mine were little shop of horrors and you town and luckily i've been able to do you town and i've been able to direct little shop of horrors so that's kind of close enough and yeah um As much as I like to be a Seymour, I think I'm much more of a mushnick. So um (laughs) so that I've kind of let that one go a little bit. Um again, there's kind of a few fighting it out for me. I was thinking of um Quasimodo in Hunchback of Notre Dame, um, because that score is just absolutely epic. Yeah. Um so I was thinking about out there. Um that's such a huge, huge epic show, to the point where I think I don't know if people would like how often that show would even come about because it's so huge and enormous, um, yeah. in all aspects. And then similarly, I was thinking of um, Ragtime, which um, is an incredible show. I know we saw that uh, the the Charing Cross Theatre, Connor. Um, yes. And, and they, it they, was they,
0: the, that was the first I'd seen of it. Yeah. I, did, I didn't know that one before, and I left. Bawling my eyes out.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was an incredible production because something I was thinking, Ragtime is famous for being an enormous show, and they mm-hmm. they so geniusly kind of shrunk it right down and got to like the bare bones of it. On top of it, um, being act to Muso, which I found incredible, as it's it's yeah. it's two and a half hours long and basically sung through. So for for that to be act to Muso, I thought it was incredible. Um, Tata in Ragtime is a gorgeous, gorgeous. Um, character who I would love to play. Um, he sings an amazing song called "Gliding," so I was thinking of oh. that. Yeah, Glide, "Gliding" yeah. is such a gorgeous song, um, sung to his younger daughter. So I think that is a dream role. But I've got a few years, I think, before I can get away with having a, a daughter. I, <laughs> I say that as the justification, but I I've been saying that for so long. that I think I'm actually pretty close to that <laughs> to that age. You're close
0: to the age now. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, but the big one for me, which it's kind of always been in the back of my mind, but in the last couple of years has become massive, is George in Sunday in the park with George. Mm. Um okay. that it's You're such awful. a genius show. I think especially as someone who it's without sounding pretentious, kind of thinks of themselves as an artist, either as a musician, or you know, I have dabbled in art as well. It it's so geniusly. it it encapsulates all the feelings that you know you kind of feel about writer's block or artist's block or anything like that on top of just a very human narrative and Finishing the Hat from Sunday in the Park with George I think is probably Stephen Sondheim's masterpiece. As much as I love Sweeney Todd and I love Assassins and things like that, I think Finishing the Hat is the simplest and most complicated song he's ever written and it, it just moves me beyond words every single time I hear it. So that that is my absolute number one, is finishing the hat from Sunday in the Park with George.
0: Beautiful mm-hmm. stuff. Right, now this is one that me and you had to clarify. Yes. This question. The question is, a song from a musical that you'd happily scrap, but in that, I mean the musical that you'd scrap. You wouldn't scrap the song, you'd scrap the whole show.
1: Yes, yes. this is one I had a bit of a tough time with um, because most musicals I think if it was the other way around there's a lot of shows I'm like oh I hate that bit let's get rid of that the skip
0: song in the yeah yeah,
1: exactly Um, even like the shows I love there are are moments like that Um, however again I was struggling to think of one specific one because I think most shows are you know, there, there's something to them. Yeah. But I've got an absolute hatred for for money-grabbing shows. And what I mean by that are shows that are put together with absolutely no, like, passion or love behind them. It's just like, oh, people like these songs from the 80s. Let's put <laughs> them all together in a very generic plot um, yeah. and send them on their way. Um, I'd feel very cruel kind of naming names, but... A few big ones that came to mind were The Bodyguard um, because it it just seemed very convenient when that popped up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Not long after Whitney Houston's death and Dreamboats and Petticoats, which um, I saw and thoroughly enjoyed, mainly because our good friend Rob Gathercole was in it.
0: Yeah, Um, shout out Rob Gathercole.
1: Shout out Rob Gathercole, you absolute genius. Um, But the show itself is just it's just an excuse to make some money and there's no kind of art or passion behind it. Um, so I think dream boats and petticoats for me is the biggest culprit of that. So what's the song from dream boats, and petticoats let's say the do Ron Ron from dream boat and petticoats <laughs> because those shows can just get in the bin for me. They're just not for me
0: yeah now of course everyone's going to have their own opinion of course if you disagree with this opinion don't take it out on anyone
1: please yeah um, (laughs) i don't want to have to like delete my social media please
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure there's a show that you don't like that wade is absolutely in love with so it works both ways
1: um uh, yeah that is just my opinion and uh, i'll say it really loudly but (laughs) (laughs) please don't have me (laughs)
2: A song from your Guilty Pleasure musical.
1: Oh, Guilty Pleasure musical. I, I love this. Uh, again, usually I justify Joseph as this, and I think most people yeah, like think, Joseph.
0: I think me too. It's my Guilty Pleasure. I, th-
1: I think Joseph is kind of the definition of Guilty Pleasure musical. Um, but I felt a bit boring saying Joseph again. So the, <laughs> the, the a big one for me, and this is another show I've directed that I really enjoy, is Zeusical. Um, okay. The musical featuring the songs of Dr. Zeus... Oh, Featuring Doctor Zeus characters, um, because it it's the music in that show is far better than it has any right to be. It is the stupidest uh, show kind of a, aimed at kids, and Doctor Zeus is obviously all very nonsensical and and silly. Yeah. But then it's Aarons and Flackerty who also wrote, or they wrote Ragtime and um, Anastasia and lots of these. Epic, epic musicals, um, incredible composers, uh, Man of No Importance, which are Streets of Dublin's from. I know, Conor, you're, kind of, um, you're yes. a big Streets of Dublin fan. I am, um, um, I love that song. Yeah, they're incredible composers. So they, they took this silly, silly show and wrote the most incredible score to it. Um, nearly every song is... It's just it's just huge, and it's not even just these big orchestral pieces there's incredible like funky jazz and soul and all sorts in it and it's just, again it's just so much better than it has it has any right to be um similarly with legally blonde i nearly picked legally blonde for this i think Le- legally blonde could easily have really rubbish kind of bubblegum pop music and get away with it because of the style it is but then the composers wrote one of the most like intricate and difficult scores yeah to like any musical in the last like twenty years.
0: Obviously, um, me and you did that show back home, didn't we, we did, Wade? We did. And me and Nick also did it in our third year at oh, Bird. Indeed. So we've all got that in common. Yeah.
1: And again, <laughs> I think a lot of people love that show. I think, especially if they've done it, people really love that show. Yeah. Um. So I ne- i nearly picked Good something on. from that, but for me, it has to be "Alone in the Universe" from Zeusical. because again. Horton the elephant has absolutely no right to make me cry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he does every time with that song.
0: So the final question, the big one: What is your favourite overture?
1: I love an overture, and it makes me he so doesn't. sad that kind of overtures are so They're dying out now. Aren't so they? outdated, oh. yeah. Just people don't yeah. have the attention span, and no- nothing angers me more than kind of sitting in a theatre and the overture starts and everyone's still kind of chatting and checking their phones yeah. and I'm just like, shut up, <laughs> listen to the lovely music. Um, <laughs> it annoys me so much. Um, and oh, there were so many, the, the most iconic one for me is easily gypsy. Um, yes. The gypsy yeah. overture is just, it kind of defines, like overtures were so kind of basic for years and years and then, Gypsy came along and just blew it out of the water. It just it's kind of like a showstopper at the start of the show. It's it's an incredible, incredible yeah. uh, overture. Um, I also thought of Zeusical again. Um, again, I didn't want to use the same show twice, but um, especially if you listen to the Broadway cast recording, it it's just so energetic and so fun. And um, similar to what I was saying to Joseph, I love it when. Something just does what it's supposed to do, and I think that's that's good musical theatre writing in that it's not trying to be high art, it's just they had a job they wanted to do and they succeeded with it, and that's what the Zeus Call Overdure does. It gets you right ready for this silly, over the top action, and it does it perfectly. However, my number one, and this is probably the most obscure in my list, um, which is a nice, fun one to end on with a nice, obscure song, <laughs> but um, is a musical called Amour. Which played very, very briefly in London last year, um at the Charing Cross Theatre, and very briefly on Broadway, about fifteen years ago or so. Um and the overture from a moor is it starts off a cappella, like a vocal a cappella piece, and even the when the orchestration comes in, it's very, very light. And it's just this incredible um vocal layering piece and it just the whole show is set in 1940s france and you just get that straight away it's got this beautiful parisian feel and it's helped that it's an incredible cast there's so many people here on that cast recording before they were kind of big like people like norm lewis is on that and um christopher fitzgerald um just some incredible performers um and it it just it transports you to this this gorgeous like watercolored parisian world and it it it's just my happy place i put that on and um, yeah. everything's okay in the world so yeah it have to be the overture from amour
0: okay so that is the end of all of the questions i'm now going to run through and tell you your musical theatre mixtape way dabble
1: uh, amazing
0: Pharaoh's Dreams Explained. What an from opener. Joseph. <laughs> what an opener. <laughs> Swiftly coming on with the Summer Holiday Megamix. <laughs> I
1: forgot we included that.
0: <laughs> then Skid Row from Little Shop of Horrors with honourable mentions to Parade in town But then coming in with Run Freedom Run from town The next track is Heart and Music from the 1990s version of A New Brain. Yep. Yeah. Including that, that in there. One. Followed by Time Stops from Big Fish. Finishing the Hat from Sunday in the Park with George. Now I've already forgotten the name of the song from Dream Boats and Petticoats, oh, yeah, well, but I didn't write um, it down. Uh, but uh, that, uh,
1: the do run run from Dream Boats yeah. and Petticoats.
0: I have to say I did zone out at that point, <laughs> so I didn't write that down. <laughs> <laughs> but that's in there, that's in there. Um Alone in the Universe from Susicle with an honourable mention to Legally Blonde there as well. And to end it off with an overture, for some strange reason, (laughs) but we're going to end your mixtape with the overture from Amor. How does that sound to you?
1: I love it. It starts off so cheesy. <laughs> I, <feel> like, <laughs> I, I really pride myself on you kind of, I, I've just started saying, oh, I'm an amateur musical theatre historian. <laughs> and I've started it off with Pharaoh's Explained and <laughs> Summer Holiday <Mega> Mix. But, <laughs> but it gets better as it goes along. So stick with yeah. it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> stick with it. Now, obviously, this is a th- uh, theoretical megamix. I can't actually be bothered uh a mixtape i can't actually be bothered (laughs) to make (laughs) i can't actually be bothered to make the mixtape myself so if you want to do it if you're listening get on spotify make your own playlist and have a great time so that is the end of the first episode of the musical theater mixtape thank you wade
1: thank you for having me guys thank you for coming on
0: It's been a great time. It's a great mixtape you got going on there. Thank
1: you very much. I, w- I shall listen to it every day for the rest of Popdown.
0: <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Thanks, Wade. Thanks, Nick. See you next time. We will be back next week with another guest. Tune in to find out who that is gonna be. See you later.